0: Hello, everyone, welcome back to a special episode of Board Guy Rambles into Phone. Uh, it's not going to be a normal weekly episode. I guess I could do predictions for NXT War Games this weekend, but I just don't care. I've barely watched NXT in the past several months at this point, and I don't care enough to predict it. I might, I'll probably end up watching it. Because I'll probably have nothing else to do. Uh, So I'll probably review it next week, I guess. But I'm not predicting it. Because it's not worth my time. That being said. uh, Because I want to have something to talk about this week. I guess. Uh, I may have talked about this on here before. I'm not sure. Uh, I had... Uh, I mean, I know I've obviously recorded a number of old blog posts on here before as episodes, and that is what this is going to be. Now, I've, I may have mentioned a his my, a post called "My History as a Wrestling Fan" before recently, because uh, about everything else that I could record that's of any substance would not be worth time actually doing so Uh, it would it it just doesn't need to be on here but uh, this could be kind of interesting I guess because I mean like obviously I've talked on here about wrestling for over two years now Uh, it could be interesting to listen to this now this post is a decade old basically not quite a decade, but close. Uh, I just looked at it, and the end of it goes through... It goes through 2012. Uh, goes, uh, but I'm not sure that's actually when I, I actually wrote it. Because it was on my old blog before that blog got taken down because Zynga just decided, "Hey, fuck you guys. We don't want to have a po- we don't want to have people on here." And like, I think you just had to like pay to use it or something, and if you didn't pay to use it, then you you're gone and your blog was gone. So, like I saved all of my old blogs like as word files, and then some of the ones on there that I really liked, I put on my new on my blog I've been using now since 2013. Uh, that being said, I don't think I actually added onto uh this post afterwards. I think I just... I think I must have written this in 2012. I'm not sure. I, I, I really don't know about that. I just know that it goes through 2012, it seems. So... It goes from when I started watching wrestling in 2001 to sometime in 2012 and obviously that's nine years ago at this point but uh that's it is what it is uh I mean ideally I probably would have gone back and in the last 10 years and then did this podcast but I'm just gonna do a part one here and if I ever write a part two to this then I'll record that too, I guess. feel like that would be a lot more extensive than this, even though this post is actually pretty extensive. Uh, it, it was fairly long at the time. because uh, now it would include, it would, inc- it would have to include other companies. And then, like, I mentioned TNA in this, but I don't, uh, I don't really talk about it that much. Uh... But now, like, I do watch so many other companies that I would actually have to talk about them somewhat. Uh, so maybe I'll write that at some point. I don't know when. It wouldn't be till like, the middle of next year, probably. At least when I would even begin to start thinking about writing that. Because there's just so much going on in the next few months. I I couldn't do it now. Um... So I'm going to record some of this now. It's going to take now and probably later tonight to record the rest of it because I'm just bored at 5.15 in the morning so I felt like recording some, doing this now, I guess. This is going to be a short part right now and then I'll finish this later. Again, wrote this in 2012. My views of things have changed. My views on wrestlers have changed. Opinions on, like, I don't, like, I don't I don't even know half of what's in here anymore. So like I'm reading this verbatim. This is what I this is what I wrote 9 years ago. So any like again any views are 9 years older or 9 years younger me. So 34. So this is 25-year-old me talking. So if I liked people then that I don't like now. I mean 9 years ago. Uh, etc. So it might be interesting to see what I had to say then, uh, who I liked, who I didn't like, uh, not much of that's really changed, but yeah. Uh, so let's, uh, let's, uh, just get into it then, I guess. So again, once I get to the top of this, uh, my history as a wrestling fan from 2001 and on. And, uh, again, I'm just going to read this from the start of the post, so if it sounds weird, whatever. Uh, Okay, I first and foremost want to say that I don't exactly know what this post is going to be just yet. I kind of wanted to write about my past as a fan of WWE and of being a fan of the wrestlers that I consider to be, quote-unquote, my guys. Everyone has their guys. The one guy that you cheer for over any other, no matter who they're facing, etc., uh, and for the record, guys or girls. Anyways, uh, there are, there are always other wrestlers as well. And I will mention those during the course of this blog or blog series, whichever one happens. I don't know if is going to be one big thing or several, but we'll see if it's one blog, you may want to take breaks. So if it's one podcast, you may want to take breaks. Although, that's not really how podcasts work. Because, I, I mean, you just put them on in the background, so maybe not. In my 11 years watching wrestling, now 21 or 20 and a half, whatever, there has always been one wrestler that I've cheered for over any other. Those wrestlers are Rob Van Dam, Randy Orton, and now CM Punk. And then Sasha Banks. And then just all the four horsewomen beside Charlotte, who's not really a horsewoman. Fuck her. Go away. Stay away forever. Uh, other wrestlers that will be included in this post will be, or, or for some, probably, or probably at least just be in this The Rock, Stone Cold, Edge, Chris Giorgo, Shawn Michaels, Dolph Ziggler, Daniel Bryan, Cody Rhodes, Jeff Hardy, Rey Mysterio, and Undertaker. Maybe some others will. I don't know. But those are the ones I'm sure will get mentioned or pro- I started watching wrestling religiously in August or September of 2001. I had seen bits and pieces of stuff from 1999 up until that point, but it would only be if I stumbled upon it on TV. I didn't know when their shows were on, on what stations. I guess at 14 years old, I didn't know, still didn't know how a TV worked or something. The first thing, the first match I'd ever seen was The Rock vs. Mankind in a ladder match sometime in 1999, and it was one of the most awesome things I'd ever seen. I can't remember seeing anything between then and part of the Raw where Triple H originally tore his quad in May 2001. I remember exactly where I was in my room of my old house at the time when I saw that, uh, a few weeks later, I stumbled upon an episode of Sunday night heat where they were hyping up the King of the ring pay-per-view that was about to start. And and with my complete lack of, any knowledge of the wrestling world, I decided that Stone Cold vs. Chris Jericho vs. Chris Benoit for the WWF Championship was the most important thing ever, and I just had to see it. So I asked several times to order the pay-per-view, and eventually we did. I don't think we got all of the show, but uh, there was enough for the main event and Kurt Angle vs. Shane McMahon, I believe. Uh, The match where this happens, and I clearly linked to... uh, a YouTube video of when Kurt Angle did, did a suplex to Shane and he crashed through the this, the set and threw broken glass and all that shit. A month or two later, I finally learned how TVs worked and knew when the shows were on. Immediately, The Rock became my favorite wrestler because of the ladder match I had seen before. I can never hate The Rock as he's, he's what made me a fan, although he should not beat CM Punk for the title. I will also uh, always like ladder matches for similar reasons. Unfortunately, I jumped into wrestling a little late to be part of the rock or stone-cold bandwagon of awesomeness, as both were in their last couple of years in the company. Even if they were the biggest things in wrestling, I can't really say I was there for the best of it. Side story... Some of the reasons I started watching wrestling were because my best friend Tom watched it, and my sister had even watched it before I had. I don't think she watched it a lot, but she had seen it with some friends, probably. Also, it was around the time of my parents' divorce, and I was, all caps, ANGRY. Yes, I was one of those kids. Instead of doing bad things, I channeled my anger through watching wrestling, and while I was probably still angry, it helped. I guess, probably should have went to therapy or something. I don't know. Uh, While the Rock is what got me into wrestling, he was never really my guy. What what drew me in when I saw the ladder match was how ridiculous the ladder matches are. I wasn't drawn into wrestling from legitimate wrestling. Uh, it, It was jumping off of ladders and stuff like that that made me like it. Now I've evolved from the wrestling fan that just wants to see violence since then and can appreciate any kind of wrestling but it was ladder matches that made me a fan and what follows from the that is high flyers uh like Rob Van Dam, Jeff Hardy, and Edge were my go-to guys I don't really know if Edge was really a high flyer but you know TLC matches and whatnot and then Rey Mysterio in 2002 well Jeff and edge edge okay edge was less of a high flyer but he was in lots of ladder matches okay I said that like two seconds ago I'm glad that I can think of exactly what I'm g- gonna say next 10 years later uh we're both favorites my first number one guy was Rob Van Dam he and Jeff did lots of similar Daredevil type moves but I'm sorry Jeff you just didn't do any Van daminators. RVD was also in WWE a lot longer than Jeff at that point, uh, as Jeff was gone within a couple of years for his first run in TNA. So I guess I meant like a J- lot longer as in I started watching and Jeff was gone. Not Rob Van Dam was in the company longer because obviously he was not, uh, In 2002, I got my first taste of Triple H when he returned from his quad injury. I was immediately a fan, and his return might still be the most epic return in terms of crowd noise I've ever seen. Not anymore. Uh, Hey, CM Punk finally beat you at something, Triple H. At least. Uh, Anyways, I would... But he turned heel in late 2002, and I've pretty much never liked him since then. It's funny, until 2004, I hated who I was supposed to, liked who I was supposed to like, and then when I started to actually be a fan of Randy Orton when he was still a heel, that kind of changed. But the only one who who has basically stayed as someone I hate, or now just don't really care for, is Triple H. I hated him when he was always World Heavyweight Champion, then when he was the only guy who continuously buried Randy Orton, and now I just don't care. I respect him, I don't like him. Uh, I guess I kind of like him now, but, uh, like, whatever. Uh, any- anyways, back to 2002. Some wrestlers, like Crispin Juan and Eddie Guerrero, returned. I didn't like Eddie in the beginning because he immediately took RVD's icy title, but that only lasted a couple months. By the latter match, haha, <laughs> big surprise. I don't know if I was a fan, but I didn't dislike him anymore. I became a fan once Los Guerreros happened, even though I've never been and never will be a Chavo fan. It's pretty much stayed the same. Uh, Side story, again. Around this time, wrestling almost controlled my life, so to speak. It still does to a lesser extent now or more, I, don't, I mean like now, maybe more, maybe less, I don't know, uh, but not like it did then. Everything was awesome to me, and I didn't understand quality of the matches being more important. I had to see every pay-per-view, no matter what. The weekend of the pay-per-views, I, will, I would always be so incredibly bored, including during school. I remember, especially for Unforgiven 2003, I had such a huge headache the entire weekend waiting for the pay-per-view. Hulk Hogan made a comeback after he had edged lots of tag titles. I proceeded not to care. Fuck Hulk Hogan. Uh, Shawn Michaels returned. It unfortunately didn't mean anything to me really. What's funny about HVK is that he's never been my quote unquote my guy, but I'd still consider him the uh, the best wrestler of all time. Apparently, apparently I decided Shawn Michaels was the best wrestler of all time. I I was like, apparently I, that's what my opinion was in 2012. What do you know? I became a fan the first time I saw him wrestle, although, uh the first Elimination Chamber is still the best one. I hated Chris Jericho for, like, forever. Nowadays, I look back at that, and I would probably consider it the most shameful thing I've done as a wrestling fan. H- uh, hating him, even though I was, I was supposed to hate him. How dare me, right? Uh, it's not so much that I was supposed to, but I just found him so boring. And I can't believe that now, and I don't, remember if him turning face even changed my opinion all too much before his first departure uh there were some some really good moments he had yes but i don't know if at that point i was into great match as opposed to so and so better win fucker shirko by the way uh i don't consider that shameful anymore because you know things change side story As will any wrestling fan, when you first start watching wrestling, you have to accept that the non-wrestling fan world will automatically say, You know it's fake, right? The first chance that they get. When I started watching, I didn't want to believe that. I got angry. Eventually it goes from from angry to, well, it kind of has to be. It does. It does, because they have set storylines. It's not so much that it's fake. It's not fake. It's predetermined finishes. That doesn't make it less of a sport. The moves still hurt. It still takes tons of athleticism to do. It's more of a sport than some some you see on TV. Hashtag please like my sport. To the, to the people who say stuff like that, they just don't get it. They never will. You either get it or you don't. You either understand the story being told in the match or not. That's what the UFC people don't understand. UFC is just a fight. Why they're fighting? Nobody knows. What's the story behind the match? What's the story inside the ring? Nobody knows. That's because there is none. UFC also costs tons of money for short fights. You know, you know why? You know why in wrestling. You know the story being told in wrestling. And the best wrestling matches you can show to to someone without the actual buildup, and it will still be great. The, be, uh, the best of the best, you don't need to know the story. Go watch Shawn Michaels vs. Undertaker or CM Punk vs. John Cena and just find out. Uh, apparently, this is a snack break. Go get something. I'm not anywhere near done. Or maybe you already have a snack, and you don't have to do that, because you're not actually reading this. You're listening to this. I wasn't so much a fan of Kurt Angle at any point, although I've always recognized him as a great performer. He is one of the best, though. Uh, Brock Lesnar happened. I hated him, unless he was a face. Uh, I know I'm deviating from just talking about Rob Van Dam for most of the first part of this but he was basically just in mid-card land for most of his WWE career, winning IC titles and tag titles with various partners like Booker T and Rey Mysterio. Randy Orton debuted in 2002, and while I had nothing against him, he was a rookie and I didn't really care about him, he was just kind of there. In 2003, he came back from injury and was part of Evolution, along with Batista, Triple H, and Ric Flair. Then he and Batista both got hurt in the same match against the Dudleys, including one of the Dudleys in that as well. He came back and I still wasn't, wasn't too into him, and was more annoyed when he took the IC title from Rob Van Dam at the end of the year. Edge injured his neck in the beginning of 2003, and he was out for a year. By the end of 2003 and start of 2004, things were mainly about Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit. When Eddie won the WWE Championship and the road Chris Benoit had to, the world title was a perilous one. As I remember Paul Heyman making Benoit's life a living hell at the end of 2003. I was a John Cena fan. I'm not proud of it, but I was. The heel rapper gimmick was great and picking up big show for the first of very very large number times was moderately impressive but only the first time when was the first time tribute to the troops 2003 basically 10 years ago it's 2012 now and they still think that's impressive Crispin Waugh won the Royal Rumble in 2004 after entering number one. I know WWE would have you believe it was Big Show and uh, and went on to have quite possibly the best WrestleMania main event of all time with Triple H and Shawn Michaels. JBL won the WWE Championship from Eddie Guerrero, and I hated him. I hated him him on the level I hated Triple H, but the difference was I had respect for Triple H, and I had none for JBL. JBL was so incredibly boring as a wrestler. When he came back in 2007 and beyond, I was at least able to recognize as a great character, and he could talk very well, but his matches were always so boring. I appreciate him now from uh, from what we get these days, and I'm glad to have him back as a commentator not so much. Uh, but before he returned from his first run as a commentator, I didn't like him. But whatsoever, I still don't like him whatsoever. 2012 me didn't know much. Didn't know that JBL still sucks. Uh, Bad Blood 2004 is when I officially became a fan of Randy Orton in his match against Shelton Benjamin. I probably credited the awesomeness of the match to both men, but that's when I became a fan. Shelton was also great. You'd probably have thought the hardcore match with Nick Foley at Backlash would have done it, but it didn't. It probably helped, though. At this point, I would probably consider RVD and Randy Orton to both be on the same level for me. Ornan dropped the IC title to Edge, who had returned a few months earlier and decided he was uh, taking out Evolution by himself, which was awesome, a month later. And then Ornan won the world title from Crispin Benoit and turned face a week later after Evolution destroyed him. A lot of people hate his face turn here, but I, did, I didn't. I loved it. I still do. He got the Burn In My Light theme song, which is still one of my favorite themes ever. His Vendetta Against Evolution was one of the best, thing, best things I'd seen and led to one of my favorite Raw moments ever. And one of my favorite Survivor Series tag matches right behind Survivor Series 2001s. Unfortunately, he lost the belt and somehow they decided uh, Batista was a bigger draw and gave him the push Orton should have had. And Triple H uh, started burying Orton pretty much any chance he got. Starting with taking the title from him and not losing it back at royal rumble 2005 side story Survivor Series has always been my favorite pay-per-view. Any matches that involve eliminating multiple opponents have always been my favorites. So Survivor Series has always been number one, and Royal Rumble number two. WrestleMania may always be WrestleMania, but not all of them have been epic. Maybe Survivor Series and Royal Rumble became my favorites because I always had so much trouble in the beginning actually seeing them live. Uh Survivor Series 2001 we didn't order either because we couldn't or something screwed up. I bought the DVD and the main event was amazing royal rumble 2002 we ordered but the cable company failed and we missed part of it survivor series 2002 i had gone to one of my friend's houses to watch but they failed to order it before i got there and for whatever reason couldn't figure it out when i was there i then proceeded to call my mom to pick me up to go home and got grounded after three phone calls because no one answered the damn phone i had gotten my dad to tape it at my stepmom's parents house and taped it uh and now it's one of few shows I have on VHS it's lucky it's one of the best pay-per-views I've ever seen uh anyways uh Rob Van Dam was injured in the beginning of 2005 I believe I saw this injury happen live at a Smackdown house show in Chicago I haven't been to a house show since then but I will in a week from now okay uh, a week after this I went to a house show uh weird that I remember that now he was out for quite some time. I don't remember when he returned. Wikipedia says it was at Royal Rumble 2006, which sounds about right. Randy Orton was also injured in the beginning of 2005 after he turned heel again. He, the platform of him doing so was him RKOing Stacy Stacey Keebler. What a wonderful way to do that. Not. John Cena won the WWE Championship for the first time in 2005. Unfortunately, I was happy about it. Looking back, he did six moves to win the match against JBL. Literally six moves. 2005 wasn't really a good year at all. It featured John Cena's and Batista's original title runs, both of which were lasted way too long. I may have been a fan of it in the beginning, but by the time Cena got Jericho fired and defeated Kurt Ingle at Unforgiven 2005, the Cena fan in me started dying, as he had started beating people he shouldn't have been beating. I was never really that much of a Batista fan to begin with uh, uh, since he got Orton's push. With with RVD gone and Orton not being back until around SummerSlam, and only in a big feud with Undertaker all year, which I wasn't too big a fan of, mid-2005 was about the original Money in the Bank winner, Edge. Original Money in the Bank match is still the best one, by the way. Uh, Edge had turned heel in late 2004, which was great, because his career really took off from there. He started getting booed in 2004, even in his hometown, so they turned him heel. So, Some, uh, something that happens to Cena in his hometown, but WWE doesn't care about that. Uh, Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle also had a great series of matches. <coughs> in November 2005, Eddie Guerrero passed away. I still miss him to this day. It, it, it hasn't been the same without him. Rip. Unfortunately, Eddie's passing did two negative things to WWE. Randy didn't win the world title back the week it happened, according to to Batista's book that was going to happen, and the Rey Mysterio world title win happened. That shouldn't have happened. I'm sorry, Rey and Heavyweight in the same sentence just doesn't work. It it may... It may just be a pissed-off Orton fan since he should have won that match instead, but, you know, whatever. Uh, 2006 saw Edge win the WWE Championship from John Cena at New Year's Revolution. I remember the exact place I was when it happened, and I remember watching it with my friend Tom. I remember blogging about it on MySpace because MySpace was still relevant at the time. In fact, the blog probably still exists because my space still exists. I just haven't been on it in years because it no longer matters. It's as relevant to the rest of the social media world as Zynga is to the blogging world apparently. Uh anyways, it was awesome. And then he lost it back in three weeks. Hashtag CenaFail number one. WrestleMania 22 was in Chicago and I went. I got to see Rob Van Dam win money in the bank. Ed Spear McFully threw a flaming table. Shawn Michaels jump off a huge ladder and had a diving elbow drop on Vince McMahon through a garbage can, which was over his head, and threw a table. Rey Mysterio won the world title, which I already talked about, and then the Chicago crowd gave birth to the Let's Go Cena, Cena Sucks, or Fuck You Cena, or You Can't Wrestle Chance. You're welcome for those rest of the WWE, rest of the WWE fans, or, or I'm sorry for those maybe. Uh now uh well I can't only guarantee fuck you Cena from was was from us but I uh, but I don't remember hearing them beforehand but Cena won a match that he had no business winning again so hashtag, Cena fail number 2 Randy Orton was suspended or injured a week later I think it was suspended uh after WrestleMania Ron Van Dam cashed in money in the bank on John Cena at ECW One Night Stand 2 and won the WWE Championship my favorite finally taking his rightful his rightful title from the guy I hated the most. RVD had a great match with Edge at Vengeance 2006. Uh, RVD was later pulled over and found with marijuana because if you find RVD, you fi- probably found marijuana. Uh, also, weed should have been legal the whole time, so this really should have been irrelevant. Uh, and that WWE just loves their you u- uh, using of the wellness policy against the ones with talent, and not anyone named Cena or Triple H or Batista, despite them clearly having using steroids, and he lost the title and then suspended. Thankfully, he lost it to Edge, and not back to Cena. I will always take solace in the fact that John Cena has never defeated Rob Van Dam. CM Punk debu- debuted in the summer of 2006, and I was instantly a fan. I only became more fa- of a fan of as time went on. It's clear to me that Punk was the number one guy waiting to happen as he only got better and better as time went on. Uh, Jeff Hardy also returned to WWE around this time. Side story, at Unforgiven 2006, Randy Orton defeated Carlito. A year later, at the same pay-per-view, Carlito lost to to Ric Flair, and at the same pay-per-view in 2007, Carlito lost to Triple H. I was totally expecting Carlito to lose to Batista at Unforgiven 2008, so he'd lose to every Evolution member in four consecutive Unforgivens, but it just didn't happen. God damn it. Randy Orton and Edge formed Rated RKO in late 2006, and after Edge decided that they had they had both been screwed over by DX, or more so Triple H, in their quest for world titles. Fuck Triple H. John Cena defeated Edge to win the title back in a TLC match in Edge's hometown of Toronto after losing in his hometown. Both places he was booed in. It started Cena's reign of doom. Hashtag Cena fail number three. Around this time, Randy Orton and Edge started going above RVD as after the whole pot thing, RVD was never given anything by WWE ever again. still had some good matches and won at his last WrestleMania, but that's pretty much it. WrestleMania 23 came and went with John Cena defeating Shawn Michaels in a match he shouldn't have. Hashtag Cena fail number four. At least, HBK won their hour-long match. By May 2007, Randy Orton's gimmick went from Legend Killer by the to the beginnings of the Viper. He took out Shawn Michaels and he took out RVD in RVD's final match in WWE. RVD won the match, but still got a punt, which made him disappear, I guess. That punt was the official passing of the torch from Van Dam to Randy Orton, with Edge as my second favorite. Crispin Benoit then happened. It changed the business for the worse and set off the domino effect of turning WWE into what it is now. Apparently. Uh, whether that's actually true, who knows of turning it into what it is now anyway uh now that randy Orton was the top guy it was all about him winning the title but th- there was there were some obstacles to overcome in the years leading to 2007 ornan had a series of anger issues and drug issues and whatnot leading to suspensions i believe he was even close to being fired because i think he was had two strikes but i could be wrong uh but 2007 is when the signature pharmacy thing happened because you know if that was a thing at one point no, uh, it's 13 years later. I don't know if anyone even remembers that, but, you know, that was a thing. And I believe he only avoided it because he told Vince it uh, about it before he found the 10 other names uh, that were later suspended. That and uh, Chris Benoit made for wonderful television around this time. Uh, the other major obstacle was the John Cena WWE title reign of Doom, which CM Punk has surpassed but so there. And Brock Lesnar has suppressed that. And Roman Reigns has suppressed that. But that's a different story. Uh, He should have won the belt at SummerSlam and then Unforgiven, and then John Cena injured himself doing a hip toss and was forced to vacate the title. I decided that this this was it. It was now or never. If they're ever going to give the title to Orton, and if they're ever going to trust Orton ever again, now is the time. And that's going to be the end of this part because I... Ten minutes before I have to leave work, so I will. You won't notice that I'm gone because this will just go right into that part. But brief pause. Okay, we are back. Uh, let's see where was I? I think this is where I was. Again, this is. 12 hours later that I'm actually recording the rest of this. Uh, I went to No Mercy 2007, ready to see what happened to the WWE Championship. I I, I still would like to know if Orton was going to win the title from Cena, though. Uh, Vince McMahon awarded Randy Orton his rightful title. But then, wouldn't you know it, Triple H came out and ruined the party and won the title from him. How predictable. Fuck Triple H. Triple H then defended against Umaga, but then had to face Orton in a last man standing match. Uh... So Orton finally won the title, and he had a pretty good first reign, but I'll get to that, that a bit later. In late September, videos such as this, and it was uh, the Save Us 222 video, uh, started happening around during the show, and I proceeded to put them on my YouTube channel and got a hundred plus, hundred thousand plus views. Everyone was was speculating about. Uh, what it was, and also already knew that it was Chris Jericho at the same time, and we're waiting for him to return. I may not have liked him originally, but hey, absence makes the heart grow fonder. He should be absent for a significant amount of time. Uh, when when I heard he was considering coming back, I was excited. And then Mystery Promos got me, uh, got me hyped for it. I remember watching it happen live with my sister. He proceeded to have a title match with Orton, and then a feud with JBL, who decided he wanted to wrestle again. I was glad to see Orton defend against uh, against Jeff Hardy, but Cena returned the same night which killed Jeff's push, and then Jeff killed his own push some more as he got suspended. Uh, I was more impressed when, against all odds, Orton defeated John Cena, a.k.a. Superman, and Triple H, a.k.a. Backstage Politics, in a triple threat match at WrestleMania 24, which I thought he had no chance of winning whatsoever. I proceeded to mark the fuck out. Orton lost the title to, lo and behold, Triple H, a month later. Fuck Triple H. Orton would then get injured a couple months later. Fuck Triple H. Uh... With with Orton out, things turned to Edge, CM Punk, Chris Jericho, and Jeff Hardy. Edge feuded with Undertaker, Punk won money in the bank, and the world title, and Jericho turned heel and had, had an awesome feud with uh, with Shawn Michaels. This is where Jericho firmly became a third favorite at the time. Uh, Randy Orton returned at Unforgiven, punted CM Punk, forcing him to vacate the title, and I expected Orton to enter the scramble match later and win the belt, but Jericho didn't said, which was also cool. After Orton had cost cost Punk the title, I'd expected an Orton-Punk feud, but it just never materialized. Well, not until January 2011, when Punk's reason for costing Orton the title at the Royal Rumble was him costing Punk the the title here. Instead, Punk won tag titles with Kofi, where Orton feuded with Batista. In late 2008, Dolph Ziggler debuted, and while I believe it was a loss to Batista, he was impressive at the time impressive enough that it it, that it's a travesty he's not world champion right now maybe 10 years ago uh at, at the final pay-per-view of 2008, Armageddon Jeff Hardy defeated Edge and Triple H to finally win his first WWE Championship, which was awesome. Jeff was one of the, those uh, people who, when they won the title the first time, it was just a true fan moment, and the internet fan just can, can just go away. Actually, the internet fan wouldn't exist here, since typical internet marks hate Jeff Hardy, because of his drug problems. They also think he sucks as a wrestler, even though he doesn't. He does now, but that's only because he's old. Which, I mean, happens. Uh, Jeff would lose the title back to Edge at Royal Rumble 2009. Side story. There aren't many times these days where it takes a long time for someone to win the title where it's just like, finally. It, it just makes you very happy. Examples of this being like Edge in 2006, Rob Van Dam in 2006, uh, Randy Orton in 2007, Jeff Hardy 2008, Christian in 2011, CM Punk in 2011, uh puck may have had the world title twice but he was never on the level of main adventure until 2011 uh him winning the title from cena was him becoming a main eventer orden won the world title but it it was for a month and and most thought his face turn was bad so it's not looked brightly upon Dolph has technically been world champion for 11 minutes but it doesn't count in my book Uh, Finally, by the Royal Rumble of 2009, a week beforehand on Raw, Orton punted Vince McMahon, live in Chicago, by the way, which was clearly going to lead uh, to the biggest push Orton had gotten to date. I had hoped that Orton would win the Rumble, but him punting Vince basically confirmed that it would happen, and he did. Uh, but instead of him being a badass heel, he claimed to have IED, and used lawyers to guarantee his title match, which kind of sucked. He did awesome things, like punt Shane, give Stephanie a rope hung DDT, and, uh, kiss her in front of Triple H, which apparently at the time I thought was awesome, but that's actually sexual harassment, and that's not very awesome at all, uh, even though it's a good heel maneuver, I guess, but still, don't do that, uh, before SledgeRant hammering Triple H, uh, but only when there was no one to stop him, uh... If he didn't have the upper hand, he ran. And it pissed me off. Because all heels in WWE from at least then, and even now, are coward heels. They run at any sign of danger, because because the face always has to look good. We don't have heels like Triple H was in 2002, which is why I hated him to begin with. Also, instead of Ordinance Ordin versus Cena at WrestleMania 25, they went with Ordin versus Triple H again. We had seen this numerous times, and it always ended with Triple H burying Ordin. Fuck Triple H. But this was the biggest push of Ordin's career, and the number of burials he'd been handed by the leader of his former stable was large, and Triple H had been putting out people over at WrestleMania for the four years prior to this. A win here would have made Ordin, so certainly Triple H would, wouldn't decide that this was, would be the one time for his ego to play a part in the win right? Wrong. Triple H decided that this was the one time he had to win at WrestleMania and went on to have one of the, the all-out worst WrestleMania main events of all time with Orton. And it's not just bias because Triple H won, it really was an awful match. Fuck Triple H. And by the time Triple H did finally drop the title to Orton, it was in a six-man tag match at Backlash with all sorts of stipulation, and Orton left in the beginning of the match it came back halfway through. Fuck Triple H. Meanwhile, Edge had lost the WWE title to Triple H in one Elimination Chamber, only to attack Kofi Kingston and enter the other Elimination Chamber and win the world title from John Cena in hilarious fashion. As Cena entered the match, immediately took three successive finishers and lost. Hashtag LOL Cena. In any other match, Cena would have kicked out. So Edge won the title, but lost it right back to Cena at WrestleMania, hashtag fail number 5. But then Edge won the belt back again in an amazing last man standing match at Backlash, leading uh, leading that Backlash to be considered hashtag rated RKO's revenge, apparently. Uh, also at WrestleMania, CM Punk won Money in the Bank again, and Shawn Michaels and Undertaker had one of the best matches of all time. Side story, between Backlash 2008 and Backlash 2009, the WWE Championship had gone from Randy Orton, to Triple H, to Edge, to Jeff Hardy, to Edge, to Triple H, to, and back to Randy Orton. It's a palindrome. In two months' time, Randy would lose the title to Batista, only for Batista to be injured in the, in the match he won it in, and Ornan would then win the vacated belt back a week later. Edge would lose the title on the same pay-per-view as Ornan lost to Batista, losing it to Jeff Hardy in a great ladder match only for CM Punk to cash in and win the title a second time, starting his heel turn. Chris Jericho, after feuding with Legends at WrestleMania and uh, even had a nice match with Rookie Steamboat at Backlash, uh, started a feud with Rami Sergio over the uh, Intercontinental title, which led to a great series of matches. CM Punk and Jeff Hardy traded the world title over the next couple of months in a great feud, while Orton traded the WWE title with John Cena in an awful feud, ending it without the title. Edge got injured after winning the tag titles with Chris Jericho, which would have been an awesome tag team, rated Y2J, but it didn't happen. Unfortunately, Jer- Jericho was stuck with Big Show as a partner for the rest of the year, but uh, did hold the gold for half of a year. Around this time, I started to really not like Rey Mysterio, as he started a feud with Dolph with Dolph, who had Maria as a manager, which is even more win, apparently, I guess. Uh, sure. Uh, over the IC title and refused to put Dolph over twice. This was bullshit. And then he got suspended and he lost the title to John Morrison instead, even though Dolph was the number one contender. And then Dolph lost twice to Morrison. Fuck my life. Even though Morrison is awesome. It's just, you hit a number one contender. You would just lose it to him. Punk's feud with Hardy should have made him a... Um, should have made him as a heel, but two months later, he lost the title to Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell match, then ended up in a feud with Our truth of all people, which couldn't even make pay-per-view. Jeff Hardy left the company at this time, and is now in TNA again, and is their champion currently. Orton's feud with Cena sucked. After re- after retaining an Orton vs. Cena vs. Triple H 2 because of Legacy, and pinning Cena... Uh, Cena got another opportunity anyways at SummerSlam. Orton retained in perhaps the most overbooked match of all time. Not these days. Uh, but one of them. Uh, it featured at least two restarts as Ordin got counted out and disqualified. And whether there was a third restart or not, a fan attacked Cena while... Uh, fan in quotes, by the way. While Orton was was in... In the STF, they got rid of him, then restarted the match, only for Ordin to pull Cena into the ropes and hit an RKO for the win. Uh, ridiculous booking, because Cena has to look like God. Hashtag Cena fail number six. Month later, they had an I quit match. It was awful. Ordin literally destroyed Cena. And I mean destroyed. Cena doesn't quit. Cena finally gets Ordin into an STF, and Ordin quits immediately. Hashtag Cena fail number seven. Ordin would... Ordin would win the title back at Hell in a Cell, only for Cena to win it back in an Iron Man match at bragging rights, which was highlighted by Ordin trying to blow Cena up, as well as the dumb finish of Ordin tapping with two seconds left. Hashtag Cena fail number eight. Ordin would, would, enter, would enter a feud with Kofi Kingston, which would probably have elevated Kofi to main event status, but then it just died. Side story, people who hate Orton will claim it was be- because Orton called Kofi stupid, but it wasn't. Orton will be blamed with destroying Kofi's push as well as getting Mr. Kennedy fired. It isn't the truth. Orton will be called boring, he will be called Super Cena number two, he will be he will get made fun of for getting injured, it's what the haters do. The only time Orton's pissed me off because of his title wins, because they are on the level of Cena now, is when he won it from Christian right after Christian won it. That was it. But you can't make me hate him. You can make me not care though. Uh, at Royal Rumble 2010, Edge returned and won the won the rumble. Then went on to feud with Chris Jericho and had a great match at WrestleMania, and at Extreme Rules. Second best of the night behind another classic from Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, where Shawn Michaels retired. That was sad. Also at WrestleMania, CM Punk entered a nice feud with Rey Mysterio, and Dolph should've won Money in the Bank, but Jack Swagger did instead. A lot of things Dolph should've gotten, Swagger got instead. And then Dolph was forced to team with Swagger. Fail. Orton ended up in a feud with Legacy after it broke up and turned face at WrestleMania. I wasn't too big on the face turn, but it did bring his taunt back. Uh, he had a feud with Edge after WrestleMania, which I was super looking forward to because I I had wanted a rated RKO feud for a long time. I wanted it at WrestleMania 25. Unfortunately, Orton dislocated his, shul- his shoulder during the match, so it didn't turn out well, and the rest of it just kind of died off. Around this time, Orton became hugely popular as a face, and I could see him start turning into a second Tessina. I didn't like it, but I I wouldn't turn my back on him uh, because he deserved what he got. It only bothered me because I I knew it would lead to him getting the same kind of hate that Cena got, which is bullshit. Orton would win the title from Sheamus at Night of Champions 2010, live in Chicago, Uh, then punted Chris Jericho out of the company before uh, before feuding with Wade Baird and The Miz, who had cashed in and won it from him. Uh... Side story. Face Chris Jericho came back to WWE in 2007 to stop heel champion Randy Orton. Face champion Randy Orton got rid of heel Chris Jericho in 2010. Also in 2010, Wade Barrett and Daniel Bryan made their uh, WWE debuts in Nexus. Nexus was awesome for a while, then Cena killed it again. Daniel Bryan was an indie wrestling god, but I had never seen him, much like I hadn't known CM Punk before WWE. But I liked Daniel Bryan from the start, and while it had uh, taken some time for him to come to into his own in, in WWE, he he was clearly a great wrestler, that's obvious. Uh, I could tell Wade would be good, good even in NXT, but unfortunately he is still missing something that's preventing him from getting to the next level. I guess I never mentioned Cody Rhodes, debuting in 2007, but I really didn't become a huge fan of his until around this time, uh, when he started the Dashing Cody Rhodes gimmick. Actually, I think it was more around the time he wore the mask and feuded with Rey Mysterio, but it started here. It was funny because everyone thought Ted DiBiase would be the one going places after Legacy, and while I do think he's really good, his career just died. Also, fuck fuck, Cody Rhodes. Dolph Ziggler had the first of eight incredibly huge number of matches with Kofi Kingston around this time, and Dolph finally won the IC title from Kofi. He also paired up with Vicky Guerrero, whom he he just finally got rid of the week that I write this more than two years later. CM Punk had entered an unfortunate feud with Big Show for most of, most of the fall. He also had the straight society, which was awesome. Unfortunately, he got injured right before he would have feuded with Daniel Bryan. Uh, fortunately he stuck around and did some awesome commentary. I hope when he's done wrestling, he'll be a commentator. Apparently not. Uh, Punk would go on to become the new leader of Nexus at the end of 2010, which was an awesome segment. Uh, This was the start of him becoming my number one guy. Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Daniel Bryan had a couple of awesome matches around this time as well. Edge, who had been traded to SmackDown for and Punk, feuded with Kane and eventually won the world title at TLC. Uh, Dolph would lose the IC title in January, only to become number one contender for the world title in the same night. And while Dolph didn't didn't defeat Edge, it was still a great match. Dolph was given the world title after Vicky stripped Edge of the title for using the spear, which he wasn't allowed to use, but he lost it back within 15 minutes. I don't consider this a real title reign, neither does Dolph. Uh, The Rock returned around this time, it was awesome. By WrestleMania 27, CM Punk and Randy Orton had finally had their feud that I wanted in 2008. It was one of few good things to happen at that WrestleMania. Cody Rose defeated Rey Mysterio, but that wasn't too big of a deal to me. Uh, Dolph Ziggler was stuck in a match that involved Snooki. Enough said. Edge retained the world title against Alberto Del Bitchbag. Which isn't what I wrote here, but any, any use of Alberto's name, it comes with Del Bitchbag at the end of it that's his actual name. Fuck that guy. May I never have to see his dumbass face ever again. After WrestleMania, Rock vs. Cena was announced for WrestleMania 28. Hashtag, and no one cared. Edge was forced to retire and vacate the world title. It was very upsetting. He He was a little stale as a face, but it was still too early. Christian finally won the vacant world title at Extreme Rules, only to lose it to Randy Orton the following SmackDown. This, as I said, is the only time Orton's mega push has pissed me off. And the fact that he couldn't have lost to Punk at least once. Uh, when I realize now about why Orton oh Excuse me. Uh, why Orden fell from number one is that when he was number one, it felt like it was us against the world. He had so many things going against him backstage and haters, and he still has those, and it seemed like he would never get the titles he deserved. It was like uh, it was like he was fighting the system. And even when he started to win titles, he always seemed to get knocked back down by Triple H or John Cena. But nowadays, Orton has gotten the the titles he's deserved. He's made it. But I refuse to turn on him like I did with John Cena. Orton actually deserves the titles and is a talented performer, and I was invested 100% into Orton from 2007 to 2010, and I couldn't just turn my back on him. He was still the top guy through 2010 and into 2011, but it wasn't as important anymore for me to be invested in, into, into him like I was, because he wasn't going to go back down the ladder, even though 2012s kind of sucked for him. Uh, but I could see him slowly getting the John Cena push, and that wasn't really necessary. Orton and Christian had a nice nice feud, which uh, extended Uh, which ended with a great no-holds-barred match at SummerSlam, but the focus was no longer on him come one June night. After a brief mini-feud with Rey Mysterio at Capital Punishment, a pay-per-view which also featured Dolph Ziggler defeating Kofi Kingston in their billionth match to win the U.S. title, I guess that makes him a triple crown champion uh cm punk uh became the number one contender to the wwe championship at money in the bank i could see this brewing a little before capital punishment happened as there was talk about uh talk that punk was going to leave and if he defeated ray at the pay-per-view and money in the bank was in chicago i could see them going with punk versus cena as it hadn't been done before aside from some victories on raw I wanted this match to happen just because it made sense to have the match since the show was in Chicago alone. I didn't realize that they were going to make it into the best thing that's happened in WWE in the past several years. I don't remember a storyline quite as good in years. Nexus seemed big, but it died quickly because they never followed through with it. Uh, They just fed it to Cena. But cue the infamous shoot promo, and I just and i linked to it apparently which of course had to happen like my second week of work so i heard about it on the internet silly me to think that something awesome was going to happen on what appeared to be an ordinary episode of raw i went on a roller coaster as i heard punk was suspended as they had taped the next week's raw after that show had ended because you never know if what they say was planned or not but cena got the match back so punk was going to face cena for the title and attempt to leave the company with it I thought that maybe the whole Montreal screw job would happen, or that Punk would win only for the Money in the Bank winner to cash in and take the belt, but CM Punk won and he kicked. Del Bitch Bag in the head before walking out of the arena with the championship standing right below me as the show ended. Even if Punk wasn't coming back anytime soon, that was certainly the best WWE show I'd ever seen live. It was. It also features uh, Danny Bryan winning Money in the Bank out of nowhere and Christian winning the world title back, although, oh, from a dumb stipulation. This show is called Hashtag the IWC's Revenge, apparently. I don't, I don't know anyone else who calls it that, but apparently that is what it's called. Uh, the only problem with the show was the, that Dolph Ziggler wasn't in the SmackDown Money in the Bank, which was ridiculous considering he Slater was. Dolph was ready for the Money in the Bank in 2010. Typically, WWE immediately had a tournament for a vacant WWE title the next night, which Rey Mysterio won. Only for Cena to, uh, to steal it from him the same night, he won it. Hashtag Cena number nine. But CM Punk returned and held up the real title, making Cena's toy title look like as much of a joke as Cena was. CM Punk defeated Cena in a unification match at SummerSlam, only for Kevin Nash to attack him, because Nash thought he was relevant again, and Alberto Del Bitchbag cashed in to become champion. Side story, Alberto Del Del Bitchbag cash in is completely bogus. For a cash-in to be legal, both opponents have to be on their feet to start the match. CM Punk was not, thus this entire thing was a sham. While Cena, while Cena somehow ended up getting a, a match with Del Bitchbag at Night of Champions, Punk was going to face Kevin Nash. But apparently, whatever movie Nash was involved in at the time decided they didn't want him to get hurt. So they hot-shotted Punk vs. Triple H at the pay-per-view. What movie that was, nobody knows since it doesn't exist. I was just going to say, that movie never came out. I don't know what movie that was. We were never told the title of it. And I never heard anything of Kevin Nash in a movie after that time. So... Who knows? Uh, the match was ridiculous with so much overbooking ending with Triple H winning and practically killing the entire angle because that when there is an awesome angle, Triple H decides he needs to get involved with it, involved with it and kill it. Fuck Triple H. Side story: I guess you can see how CM Punk is also number one is instead of Cena and Triple H con- uh, continuously trying to overshadow Orton, they're now trying to overshadow Punk. Meanwhile, Cody Rhodes had won the Intercontinental Championship, and Dolph Ziggler was uh, was competing in two separate matches a night as U.S. champion and trying to win the tag titles from Air Boom with Jack Swagger. Air Boom contained Kofi Kingston, don't you know? Uh, Randy Orton lost the title to Mark Henry, of all people, then feuded with Cody Rhodes and Wade Barrett. This is where Rhodes and Barrett were becoming really good. Well, Barrett was. I just... CM Punk got his quote-unquote rematch in a triple threat Hell in a Cell match with Cena, and had won the title in pathetic fashion, who had won the title in pathetic fashion two weeks prior. Hashtag Cena number 10. And, and Alberto Del Bitchvag. Bag. Uh, Alberto Del Bitchvag defeated Punk to get the belt back. Punk would then lose a tag team match partnering with Triple H, which made sense, against Miz and Truth, and ate the pin after Nash, who had been... Uh, fired interfered how does one get fired from a job they didn't really have to begin with Oh, this was because the angle was so huge and everyone was getting behind Punk despite him being a heel that they thought they were forced to turn him face, which is what killed the angle and hindered the, his character. They tried to run with the same character as a face in making John Laurinaitis the heel GM for Punk to attack, but heel GMs are too played out these days, and Laurinaitis seemed like a stooge, whereas he ha- had the angle continued continue with Punk against Triple H, the feud would have been gold. People, would, people don't care about Laurinaitis. People care about Triple H. But they saw the, the reactions Punk was getting and wanted another hashtag merchandise whore, apparently, uh, like Cena and Orton, more so Cena, and turned him face. Even though people would have still clinged to Punk as a heel and bought stuff anyway. Anyways, Punk finally got a true rematch at Survivor Series in New York, and while I originally expected Laurinaitis to finally bring in Brodus Clay since he kept talking to him on the phone and pushing his debut date to cost Punk the match, which is hysterical now knowing what Brodus turned into, Uh, but Punk won the championship and is still WWE Champion to this day 397 days later. The um, Survivor Series YouTube links would appear on the Twitter Trends display on Raw, leading to videos such as this. Uh, end of the, uh, January 1st, 2, 2nd, 2, 2012, whatever day it was, those. This could only mean one thing, that Chris Jericho was coming back. Dolph Ziggler lost the U.S. title to Zack Ryder at TLC, which was cool at the time. They killed the Zack Ryder gimmick this year, though. Also, Dan and Ryan cashed in on Big Show to win the world title. CM Punk retained against Miz and Del Bitchbag. On the second day of 2012, it was the end of the world as we knew it. Chris Jericho was back for a feud with CM Punk, which had been rumored. I was so sure it wasn't him the night it happened... Because of two little snippets beforehand saying he's here, which is an Undertaker thing, even though he was spotted in town that morning. CM Punk retaining against Dolph Ziggler at Royal Rumble, and Daniel Bryan retaining against Big Show and Mark Henry, having turned heel in the process. Joku did not win the Rumble like he should have. CM Punk retaining a good Elimination Chamber match at the in, at the pay, Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, and Daniel Bryan retaining a not so great one, which involved people it should not have. Namely Santino. Meanwhile, Cena main evented a, a pay per view with Kane and not and not the WWE Championship. Wade Bear got injured around this time. CM Punk went into WrestleMania 28 as champion against Chris Jericho and had the second best match of the night, only second to Triple H versus Undertaker in Hell in a Cell. But as a pure wrestling match, it was one of the best matches of the year. Uh, Daniel Bryan lost a sham of a match against Sheamus, uh, which lasted 18 seconds to lose. Uh, to lose the title. Cody Rhodes lost the IC title to Big Show for seemingly no reason, Randy Orton was stuck in a match with Kane, and lost. The Rock defeated Cena in the main event, which wasn't for the championship. The Rock decided the next night that he wanted to win the title again. Brock Lesnar also returned that night, but that angle, also, that angle was killed immediately by John Cena at the next pay-per-view. Around this time, Damien Sandow and Antonio Cesaro debuted. In 2009, Orton, Edge, and Jericho were my top three, with Punk and Dolph waiting in the wings. Now Punk, Dolph, Brian, and Rhodes are my top four, with Sandow and Cesaro waiting in the wings. Well, some of them... Uh, as well as D- Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, they debuted later in the year. We're still waiting for you, Cassius Ono apparently. Uh, I guess not really, but you know. Uh, Tyson Kidd and Justin Gabriel are also in similar positions, and if WWE would ever push them properly, Tyson's been around since 2009, and he's a great wrestler, but he never gets pushed. He's kind of like a modern-day Shelton Benjamin or even a John Morrison, apparently. Uh, CM Punk had another amazing match with Chris Jericho at Extreme Rules live in Chicago, and Daniel Bryan even had a great match with Sheamus. Randy Orton defeated Kane. Cody Rhodes won the IC title back. Cena beat Lesnar in a match not for the WWE Championship in the main event. Dolph Job to Brodus Clay. Hashtag fail. CM Punk defeated Daniel Bryan in a great match at Over the Limit to retain. Sheamus had a really good match with Chris Jericho, uh, Randy Orton, and Alberto del Bitch Cena f- faced John Laurinaitis in the main event. Cena vs. Laurinaitis happened on the same pay-per-view Punk vs. Brian had and main-evented over it. Also, Dolph tried to win the tag titles with Swagger again from Arboom, a tag team that included Kofi Kingston, don't you know? Cody lost the IC title to Christian. Dolph finally got away from swagger in the next month, while the Punk, Brian, and Kane storyline started, including AJ. Uh, Punk retained in, a turpo, in the triple threat, and Dolph lost in a world title match against Sheamus, a match where Dolph was clearly more popular to the crowd, but Jerry Lawler still decided that they were rooting for Sheamus. Oh, and Cena beat Big Show in their 80-billionth match in the main event, which wasn't for the title, and and Lorna got fired from that, which was something that was Punk's job to get, uh, get to happen. Chris Jericho had been suspended for being a heel, and Randy Orton had been suspended again for some kind of drugs. CM Punk retained in another great match with Daniel Bryan at Money in the Bank, though finally won Money in the Bank, but unfortunately Cody Rhodes was forced into the same match because the other one was for former WWE champions only, which was completely stupid. Just so John Cena could win. Hashtag Cena fail number 11. Oh, and that main evented vented over the championship. Punk finally turned heel by attacking The Rock uh, after Big Show killed John Cena's uh, Money in the Bank cash-in. At SummerSlam, Chris Jericho and Dolph Ziggler had a great match. Punk retained against Cena and Big Show in heel fashion. Triple H and Brock Lesnar main-evented. Neither of them have appeared more than twice since then, and this match main-evented over the WWE Championship. Dolph should have cashed in. Dolph defeated Jericho in a Money in the Bank case versus career match, which only proves Jericho shouldn't compete the night after SummerSlam because he lost career versus career match to Cena the night after SummerSlam 2005 when he left originally. And Night of Champions, Punk and Cena had another great match over the, WWE, over the WWE title. It made it vented because Cena was in it, apparently. Dolph was Dolph lost a great match to Randy Orton. Should have won, though. Uh, Cody lost in the fatal four-way for the IC title, but it was a nice match. Uh, Dolph should have cashed in. Daniel Bryan won the tag titles with Kane. Dolph Ziggler should have cashed in. Said that already. And Hell in a Cell, Punk defeated Ryback in possibly the worst Hell in a Cell match ever because Ryback was in it. They made it may have vented because Cena was injured. Danny Bryan and Kane retained the tag titles by D- by DQ against Cody Rhodes and Damian Sandow. Randy Orton defeated Alberto Del Bisag with an awesome RKO. Dolph Ziggler should have cashed in. Cody Rhodes was injured for a month during this time. Wade Barrett also returned, but he hasn't been so go- hasn't been as good as before. CM Punk retained in a triple threat match against Cena and Ryback, where The Shield, the name Rollins, Roman Reigns, debuted and attacked Ryback. It made, it made it vented because Cena was in it. Punk hit 365 days as champion. Dolph Ziggler was sole survivor in a Survivor Series tag match. He should have cashed in. CM Punk became the longest reigning WWE champion in the past 25 years on December 5th, 2012. He had minor knee surgery and will not compete until January, despite remaining champion. At TLC, Dolph retained his Money in the Bank case against John Cena. The Shield won their their first match against Daniel Bryan, Kane, and Ryback in an amazing TLC match. Wade Barrett lost to Kofi Kingston. Cody Rhodes and Damian Sandow became number one contenders for the tag titles by beating Ray and Sin Cara, but did not win the titles as they lost the title match. Dolph should have cashed in. Uh, That's uh, pretty much it uh, for this post. So... Uh, Yeah, that goes through the end of 2012. Like I said, at some point I might write the second part of this. It will probably take me some time. It will probably be longer than that. I don't know when, but if and when I do, I will record that too, I'm sure. But anyways, uh, back next week for War Games Review, I guess?